Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 76 with my friend, Kara. I got to give you a little backstory here because me and Kara have been planning this for a very long time. Um, She's one of those people I reached out to early on uh, just through, you know, we had a casual uh, back and forth exchange going via like Facebook Messenger for, for a while. And, you know, we went to high school together and everything, but that's that's about how we stayed in touch. And then she was in town and I said, hey, you're in town. Let's do this. She's like, I'm not ready to do the podcast, but like, let's meet up. And we went up to a cafe here called LA Cafe and we sat and and she kind of spilled out what the last couple of years have looked like for her, which come to find out, you know, like that's how she uh, found out that she was a, a psychic medium or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And she, we reference meeting up at the cafe during this episode. So I wanted to give a little backstory there too, but, um, and she was all, she was all over the place when we met up and, and she really has come into herself, uh, since then. And so like, it, you know, a lot of people reply to me and say like, Oh, I'm not ready or I don't have an interesting story or there's a lot of different things that people say, um, to, to tell me no. <laughs> and, and I love when, that's true. And then they find, uh, you know, they get their, they get their feet ground grounded and, and then they're ready to, uh, talk to me. So I'm very appreciative that this got to happen and I won't hold you back any further. Cause we go over a lot of stuff. <laughs> I had to cut out a lot of stuff. This was originally like two hours long. Um, so without further ado, this is my friend, Kara. You and I have lots in common. Kids, the I have a cat, so I hear you. Yeah. Well, hi. 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 Thank you again for coming over and doing this. I'm catching you on your last day, right? I'm leaving Thursday. Oh, Thursday now. Yeah. And then Thursday will turn into Friday. I'm just kidding. But yeah, thank you. I'm been trying to do this for a pandemic and a half so I'm yes. excited this is finally... two years in the making yeah I know it's a lot a lot of pressure on you oh. <laughs> not really now it's like we're doing this yeah, we're doing this exactly but I I'm, wasn't I'm ready two years ago I wasn't yeah, ready I to do this so I'm excited I mean I get a lot of responses that are well I get a lot of ghost people like mm-hmm. uh, which is very strange to me mm-hmm. um, but then I get a lot of like like they just don't respond at all yeah okay which is like why do you even like why are we social media friends you yeah. won't even like say yeah. no yeah. um do you guess because of pure terror that is like oh i can't like, um, I can you know the people that do it i imagine it's just a like i why am i responding to a message from justin lamb and that's mm. the narrative i tell myself <laughs> so i don't know okay. if that's accurate but i but i get no. a lot of people that are like i i like not in a good place to do that yeah um, when you asked me i was like there's no way i can do this because i haven't made sense of my own journey and what i'm going through in this minute yet yeah like if i haven't sat, been able to process it i can kind of tell you at the cafe but i'm like i don't even know myself at that point yeah yeah well i'm glad time has passed yes yeah, <laughs> i usually start with how i know people okay i know you from high school and mm-hmm. from some of the more meaningful times in my life sitting at a 24-hour diner we know oh, as Ramshorn. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. You worked there and I drank Forever. coffee and mm-hmm. wrote in a notebook mm-hmm. like a tortured artist teenager. <laughs> yes. 
and then yeah i think i think that's it we reconnected online really the people that knew me at ramsor knew me in such a different way like if you knew me in, in school and high school you knew yeah. me if you knew me as waitress at, you knew me in a different way two different caras definitely interested to know what that is but mm. before we get there mm -hmm. i want to go back in time mm -hmm. um you're born you mm -hmm. have a sister i was born <laughs> do you have another sibling or is it just no a just a sister she older or younger she's older she's older that's what i thought mm -hmm. um how much older two years okay so yeah. growing up uh well what first you're born what do your mom and dad do when you're born my parents my dad was a photojournalist a photographer oh, that's cool yeah artsy um he worked in birmingham but then all over Oakland County. Was he like freelance photojournalist or did he work for... He worked for a newspaper. Okay. Yeah. So That's he, super cool. Mm -hmm. Every day was different for him. Yeah. And I think his um, gift was... He's a talented photographer, but he also knows how to make people feel comfortable. Yeah. He always has. Um, was he usually pictures of people then? People, um, community, events. Slice oh, of life. Yeah. <laughs> everything. Snap. Mm -hmm. yeah. Everything that was happening. Yeah. And he also worked in Clarkson too. When I was in high school, he worked Our for the Clarkson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what does your mom do? My mom worked for an orthodontist office for years and years. My mom is someone who, it's like you say to her, um, can you paint a picture? And she'll go, yeah, I can do it. You're like, can you braid my hair? Yeah, I can do it. Um, can you, it, she's very creative. She's very talented. Yeah. But I don't know if her careers, her jobs ever kind of match that. Yeah. Um, she's someone who has like so many different talents, um, but she worked for an orthodontist office in Rochester for years. And then she did her, I don't know the details of the test that you take, um, to work. She worked for Merrill Lynch okay. and she worked there for a lot of years. And then, uh, she's retired recently. Yes. My memories of my mom when we, when I was really small, we, she used to clean houses. Um, and no, that doesn't def like divide her anyway, but my memories, I'd be like, yeah, mom, I'll go with you to clean this house because the houses that she cleaned were rich people's houses and so we go inside and they'd have nickelodeon they'd have cable that oh, we yeah. didn't have so like <laughs> and they'd have a dog so i would be super excited Play with like, the dog watch yeah. ren and stimpy yeah. thursday would come yeah i was there <laughs> um but that was when i was really young yeah yeah well that's cute though my parents um different their personalities are very very different from each other as well yeah. um well what's that like when you're growing up the dynamic in the house Dynamics in the house. A lot of people today that know my family, know my parents, and and love my parents will say, wow, like your parents were married for how many years? Because they're just completely different people. Yeah. Now that works for some in some relationships, like opposites attract, but in, it wasn't for my parents. And your parents are divorced now? They're divorced, yeah. When did, how old were you when that happened? I want to say 16. Okay. I think 16. It's a little later. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, we'll keep it together for the girls. Um, through the years and then my sister was getting ready to go off to college and that's when they were like yeah. okay well Kara, you're deal with these next two years <laughs> say that again well because you were you had two years left in high school so they yeah i did yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. they kept yeah. it together for your sister <laughs> they did they did they did um yeah well but, that so but looking back though that was the point when i was like became super independent oh, that imagine, was the yeah. girl that you saw up at ramshorn and <laughs> like working late had my own money had my own yeah, yeah. Well, what's, yeah. what is it like when you're younger? Um, like, what's um, what's life like when you're a kid? I've been thinking about this a lot, because like, I'm back in Clarkston, and we've just gone through a pandemic, and now I'm back in my hometown for the yeah. summer. I'm like, you know what? Clarkston, the lakes are beautiful. There's, it's, you know, it's a town where there's everything you could need as a kid. I was up at Pine Knob skiing. Yeah. It's all there. I have my best friends that I rode the school bus with. 
uh, I don't, they don't care. I say their name, Stephanie on one side, Becca on the other. <laughs> and that was years, you know, so it was all like I had my best friends. I had activities. I was involved. There's lots going on. Um, that I all loved. We lived in Thundera Park and I had lots of my best friends over there, like two houses away. We all lived and, and rode our bikes and swam and all the things. I've realized now, like today as an adult, um, that I had a, a, these nice families all around us. They give you the shirt off their back. But I could never kind of put my finger in it. I was like, but I still feel like we're, our family's different. Like There's something, and I just couldn't, like, when I was a child. Yeah. Now I realize today we were a super liberal family. My parents were hippies living amongst, and I laugh and say today, it would have be like today now if everybody's house around us had the Trump signs and we would have been the sign that says like, in our house we believe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my parents would have never put that sign out because they just want to like keep to themselves. Yeah. But now I understand. That's the thing I couldn't put my finger on. Like, we're just a little bit different though. I don't know. So liberals in a, in a neighborhood of conservatives? Yes, 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 yes. Gotcha. And that still stands today. <laughs> and you know, they're still my friends. But yeah, that's the vibe that as a child I was like, I'm picking up on this, but I can't make sense of it. Yeah. What about uh, like social life? You mentioned your two friends. Is it any, is it, I'm guessing not coincidence that all of you ended up working together as teenagers? At the Ramsorn? Yeah. A lot of us did. Yeah. A lot of us. I stayed on longer than a lot of people. <laughs> so uh, uh, like social life, good? Friend, like family friends, good? Like well, your kid and social life was good. Yeah, you know, um, the drive here, I was actually daydreaming about like the dynamics of the 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 lunchroom and i remember sitting at the table because you caught we all kind of knew like where you're supposed to sit or like where you can sit right somehow these i don't know unspoken i could sit at those tables but i remember you put me with like the popular boys table and i remember going like i don't get you and you don't get me and i knew it like we just don't get each other there's just this the girls i could find like things that we had in common and I remember going and being like, looking over and seeing Nick and Chris in that group. Because um, I worked with Nick at Ramstorm. Yeah, yeah. And I remember being like, I'm going to take my chair over there because I want to like have a real conversation today. <laughs> and I remember getting a bit of crap like, oh, you think you're you're going to go over and sit, you know. Yeah. But And then as we got closer to graduation, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I have my best friends. Yeah, it was. But like, I can't do this. So what extracurriculars did you have? You did cheerleading. I was a cheerleader. I was the captain of the cheerleading team. Oh, you were the captain? Yeah. So yeah. what kind of, I guess, uh, I mean, fact versus fiction. What What is that like as far as the, the social stigmas attached to that and popularity and, and football I n- games? I never and... felt super po- super popular. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't like the girl that was like, oh, like guys used to come to my locker and go like, can you hook me up with your hot friend? You know, like, <laughs> uh, but I, I was- I can relate to that. Yeah, but I was good at cheerleading. So I was like, that's my, and then I had- Rams Farm. I'd be up at 11 o'clock at night working, have my own money. Um, I always did want a boyfriend. Yeah. Like that was a big deal to me in school. Was that something that happened or didn't happen? Um, and where, where did that desire come from? Did, was that just a I piece you I, wanted to fit? Yeah, a piece. And yeah. I've always been that way though. I've always been like, I want that huge love. Like yeah. that soulmate, like that. I always did. You be. also watch a lot of movies when you were young. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, I when my the day my dad moved out of our house, when my parents got divorced. Yeah, sorry about that. It was like Titanic <laughs> time, like the, when the movie Titanic was out, <laughs> yeah. and I put Celine Dion on in my room. I remember this? It's so strange to like. And I thought, if my dad hears this song, 
it's going to bring my parents back together. Yeah. He's not going to put... Near, far, wherever you are. Exactly. <laughs> and he's going to put the... his Take his belongings back out of the trunk. Yeah. And he's... Yeah. I mean, I was like, yeah. Like, true... You just got to find that true love. Hopeless romantic. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, what is that like? I mean, you're in school. You're working, I think, mm-hmm. at that time, right? Mm-hmm. And then your parents are like hey we're getting divorced like what is what does that look like for you and how does how does that impact you as a teenager i did peer listening i was a part of that the peer listening class yeah i loved it but i don't remember you we must have been in different different classes classes. uh and somebody in the group was like my parents are getting divorced and i sat next to them and i burst into tears so that was like my moment of crying about it yeah but I've always, even as a teenager, went, that's their life. And I remember that's when I was like, well, wait, it's like, what What do I want my life to be like? So a lot that's of the things. That's pretty good introspection yeah. for a 16-year-old. Yeah. I didn't, like, get into, like, now I'm going to drink or get myself in trouble. I wasn't, like, now I'm going to. There was not really that many excuses. Like, my parents have gone separate ways. Yeah. Now, what the hell am I going to do with my own life? How did that work out? custody wise because at 16 you can kind of pick for yourself right where you're gonna um my parents made the decisions my dad decided to stay in the house with me until i graduated and my mom lived with my aunt gotcha right after the divorce yeah so um when you graduate Mm -hmm. is college on your radar did you do college right away yeah i did yeah i had this overwhelming feeling going into college like i have got to get the grades and make this happen and get that piece of paper were you a good student in high school no, not really. Okay. And I don't even know if people know that about me. I I never psychology I loved. Yeah. Like Mrs. Secord, my teacher, she like saved me. I wrote her a letter when I graduated and was like, Thank you for being like normal. Like thanks for being you. Like thank you for making me feel comfortable. Loved psychology, loved writing, loved English, I loved history, like obsessed with history. But you put me in a chemistry class, I'm like, why are we doing this? Like why are we here? I wasn't no, and I also like loved the social side of school. Yeah. Like I was so into like my friends Amen. and I couldn't even, yeah. Um, well, cause I look at the, for me, the social aspect was like my, the reason I'm alive, right? Yeah. Like it was cause I was mm-hmm. protecting myself from so many, uh, childhood traumas and stuff that I didn't deal with until I was like 30. And okay. so okay. the social life was imperative. Everything. Um, and because mm-hmm. of that, I got like a 1.9 in yeah. high school. Yeah. Um, okay. but the, you know, looking back, you're you're building who you are today yeah uh and and, but i'm happy i I did it and i don't think i like i said Mm -hmm. i literally think i don't think i would have survived Mm -hmm. if i if i didn't have the social life and so that's what i was constantly seeking like i didn't i didn't get approval anyway if i got like an a or on something like there was nobody that was like oh my god congratulations so it was like i i could get if i can get a laugh (laughs) like if i could be on the announcements or something right and 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 get people to like me that way Mm -hmm. um at least i'm getting that validation but what we didn't understand at that age is that when we were building who we are, I'm up at Ramster and hearing people come to tables who are like, I just lost my car, my life, my everything. I'm hearing that as a 16-year-old. Yeah. What, we didn't under- what I didn't understand then is that that is when you're building who your character and who you are and empathy and understanding for other people. All these things that those grades, I have to believe we went to school with people who got those top grades and I don't know what the heck they're doing today. It could be amazing and it could be not. What's funny, you know, I've talked to a couple people and uh, I think if I'm being completely honest, I don't think Mm -hmm. I seek out people like this, Um, Mm -hmm. but there's people that have, you know, zero trauma, Mm -hmm. great grades, Mm -hmm. go to college, get the Mm -hmm. job in the field they went to college for. And that's what they've been doing ever since. And they got married and they had a 
daughter and a son and Happy everything. Days. Yeah. And uh, and it's not covering up anything and it's yeah. not like coping with anything. It's just like mm-hmm. that's what their life is. And mm-hmm. it's I think that's important to put in perspective because uh, especially if you are someone that is like quote unquote broken or you mm-hmm. have like stuff that you've dealt with in life, like mm-hmm. um, it's not, and not everybody's <laughs> like, not everybody, you know, sometimes when I'm asking people questions, like a lot of it's projecting from my own shit. Okay. But it's, <laughs> you know, I'm always trying to find yeah. stuff. Yeah. And sometimes there's not stuff there and that's okay. <laughs> oh, that's, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. I and I think that's important to put mm-hmm. in perspective because I, I think people that do suffer from any sort of trauma mm-hmm. um i think they get comfort in the fact that like other people have been you know hurt or whatever that looks like too yes uh, so but- that's why i called you like you're living in the mud so people who had to go to the bottom and live in the mud so that you can come back out and help other people yeah. in my life i believe they've i've been taken into the mud or the bottom and when I hit the bottom, I go, holy shit, I don't want to be here. And I catapult myself back up. That's kind of my... So I can go only so much into the dark with people yeah. because I'm like, well, when I went to the dark, I flew back up so fast. I didn't learn all those lessons in the dark. Yeah, yeah. I admire people who live in it. because so I'm like, that's a whole different way that you're here to help people to heal. And I only have so much of that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's not end, and my husband's very on the other... Where he goes, just get yourself out of there right yeah so so where do you go to college i went to central how was central (laughs) central was an enormous continuation of high school but i saw it as like i can get the grades yeah because i was like i gotta get this piece of paper so that i i can get out of here was in the back of my mind and i remember people even saying to me like why don't you just waitress or like why are you gonna I, certain people in town yeah when i would come back home they're like why don't you just make you make so much money at that restaurant and i was like oh my gosh i gotta i gotta do all this i had this enormous pressure put on myself you've yeah. got to get the grades now like this is now go time and i did i was like head down yeah i partied i partied a ton but i was also like get those grades and i would calculate it's got to be this because i thought in my head that one day you sitting down for a job interview and that they look at that gpa that's Isn't that like, funny? Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I've got to get it. So I spent, yeah. you know, and it was very, so then I, I do all that and I graduate and then I was like, I've got to get out of here. Where, where, do, where does here. that come from? That, that feeling like you, you need to, you need to leave. Like, it sounds like even going to college, mm-hmm. you wanted to get the grades and stuff so you mm-hmm. could leave. Yeah. And then once you're out of there and you saw like reality Mm -hmm. back home you're like Mm -hmm. now i really need to go where is that coming from you know i think that was like the way that i just felt like i felt that way like i have to do this and then i i was about to graduate from college and i got invited to this trip in mexico with my girlfriends and i had broke ends of a relationship that i had gone from through high school into college with okay a big love like my heart I, i was in love Oh, yeah, Titanic and everything. <laughs> it wasn't Titanic. That was to come. But it was my heart. Like, I, I was in love. And in, ended that relationship. So then I'm like, just pieces. Yeah. Like, did, you know, when you have a breakup, you don't eat. You're like yeah. in that. Like, you can't eat. Yeah. You can't. And I get invited to go to a trip in Mexico with my girlfriends. And we meet, like, four or five people. They're all men. But when I'm talking to them, they're like, I have my own business. I went, when I went to Italy, when I go back to California next week, and I'm listening to these guys talk, and I went, holy shit, I want to do all that. Yeah. 
I want to do all that. And in like a, a week, three days of conversation in one week, I came back from Mexico, back to Clarkston, still finishing up working at Ramstrom because I'm in that in-between stage of that I'd graduated, but I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. Yeah, yeah. Had those conversations. And I went, that's me. Boom. I'm doing it. And off you go. And off I go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you, is that when you moved to England? Uh, I had gone to Australia to do my teaching okay. through Central. So that's... Yeah. Before. So I, I walked up to this desk in Central and it said, teach in Australia. Yeah. And I said to the guy, hi, I'm Kira. I was like, I'm coming. Yeah. And I signed myself with that day. He goes, okay, we got to get your, you know, get your finances. You get talk to your parents. Yeah. And my dad was like, you've done, you've got the grades. You've done what, what, you know, is expected of you. We worked hard. And he was like, I'll help you with the ticket and all that. So I went to Australia and I did my How was that? That Australia like is, a different country for the first time, yeah, like in, yeah. a, in a living capacity. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Australia is amazing. When I run into people now in my life, I go, oh, did you lived in Australia? Or like you had an experience there. I go, did you land there and kind of go like, oh, this is a different energy there? And they're like, yes, actually. And people go, I had the most wild time of my life in Australia. Yeah. So I'm starting to put that together. I was like, yes, me too. It's like your feet land and you kind of go, everyone's drinking. Everyone's partying. Everybody's... <laughs> There's, it's it's lawless and then there's laws, right? So I embrace that big yeah. time. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. yeah I, I, I never, I guess I never think of Australia as like this party place. <laughs> oh, it is. I mean, it makes yeah. sense. Like what was the, mm-hmm. isn't Australia, isn't the uh, the lore of Australia like where they used to send criminals? Yeah, from England. just an island of criminals. Yeah, from, Eng- from, from Europe. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So I think that's still very much like you can feel that. Yeah, feel that's that. the foundation mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. But I had an amazing time and I taught for a guy, Jamie, and he was wild. So the guy I was teaching for, who's making doing my assessment to graduate to be yeah. a teacher, he was like, you want to go party tonight? <laughs> so we did all that. I mean, it was, we're wiping our eyes. We're, you know, making spraying ourselves. With, I'm spraying myself with perfume so that, you know, because we've been out the night before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's a lifelong friend. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So where then where do you where do you go after her graduation? You decided so I, to leave. I, I I did that. I went to New Zealand. Okay. By myself from why, Australia. Why New Zealand? Oh. Because when okay. I did my practice teaching at Clarkson High School, Stacy Secord, who was my psych teacher, as I'm leaving, she goes, "You said you're going to Australia." I was like, "Yeah." She said, "Go to New Zealand. It's beautiful." So I went, "Okay." So then I decided after Australia, I'm going to do a little bit of traveling by myself, and I went to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And in New Zealand, it was the first. I had no phone. I decided and I'd not have a phone. I'm sat there by, for the first time by myself in quiet where there's nobody else with me and nobody else knows me. Yeah. And that was, I needed that. Yeah, how did um, that feel? It Stranger felt, in a strange land. Yeah. <laughs> like it felt empowering. It felt a little bit like, well, wait a second. Like the first time that there's quiet. Yeah. Um, and I met certain people on that journey on this bus that then changed my life on the bus. And I felt it like I've got to choose this right bus this right travel company. Like that was so heavily on. And I and I get on that bus and we're driving along these country hills in, in New Zealand. And I met some people, one in particular, Kieran, who, who lives in London. And he and I were friends for a couple of days. Then I go back to Michigan to like figure out what I'm going to do. Huh. Um, so yeah, so you, yeah. you get back to Michigan. I get back to Michigan. You're graduated from college. Graduated. I get an email from my professor and she says, if you go to this job up in Mount Pleasant, it's yours. She goes, you don't even need a suit. Just go. I bigged you up. You'll get it. And I said, thank you so much. But I think I'm going to go meet some people in London. 
And on the same Sunday night, I emailed the people I'd met on the bus and was like, hey, do you guys care if I like come over and, you know, and they were like, yeah, come. I crashed with you for a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And got my bags together here, you know, kind of like I took two so this bags. American chick they met in New Zealand mm-hmm. emails them and's like, hey, can mm-hmm. I come uh, stay at your flat for a little while? Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, there's a lot of people staying here, so but I think we can like squeeze you in. And I'd met Tell a, me what that situation looks like. Yeah. Well, I met a guy in, in Australia, like at a, a club. We got each other's... No, we didn't get each other's details, right? He goes off to go to his, his traveling, and I go to New Zealand by myself. I look up, and there he is in the line at the airport. And I'm like, oh, it's like the walk of shame. I'm like, oh, hi, it's you again. And I got his details. So when I first went to England, it was going to see him because he'd written me That's hand... Funny. Right. But it all didn't work out like it blew. And then I find myself writing Kieran, being like, can I come? My plans have messed up because that guy thinks that we're going to be in a relationship, but we're not. (laughs) Can I come to London early? So there I am. Yeah. Yeah. And the way I remember it is like, you know, like if you're like, I'm moving out west. And you drop the, you see like they drop the bags on the dirt road. And it's like, I've arrived. I mean, that's my memory of my two bags in London. (laughs) Like, oh, we're here. Whoa, and it blew my mind. Yeah, the I, city I blew my go, mind. Yeah, I'm gonna go to England. Come, so come, come visit. Um, so what? What is? What's London like? Like, what? And how old are you at this point? 23, 24? 24. Yeah, maybe even going on twenty-five. Yeah, because I had college forever. I was yeah, there yeah. for six years. Yeah. Oh, London! I literally they drop me off on a, the airport. Takes you on a bus. The bus drops you off at Liverpool Street Station, London. Okay. So I'm literally standing on the side of the road with my two bags. I've got the on a scratch piece of paper. You're wearing an American flag case. No, <laughs> I knew enough at that time. No, 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 because you have to think about the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I knew enough to I'm like zip it. Yeah. No, those were years when you were literally like, people were blaming. It wasn't. Yeah, it was quiet. <laughs> Somebody said, just go and be like, I'm Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I look around, and it's this. I'd never seen that many. I'd never seen that many people in one place before. Oh, really? And overwhelming. I mean, people are bumping into you. Yeah. You know, and they're hus- and they're in the suits, and it's a hustle and a bustle. And um, and that was when I was that the biggest city you've ever been to. Yeah, okay. I think so. I think so. And it was a feeling. I mean, we grew up in Clarkston, right? Yeah, so yeah. you see, this is the first time I'm going. Oh my gosh, there's people, people of every color that you could like imagine, yeah. and accents and languages yeah it was overwhelming but also i was like oh my gosh i'm home i'm (laughs) home this place exists yeah because i that was when i broke down and cried and i had to leave that was everything that i needed to see it was i needed to know that that exists somewhere yeah that's something other than the the mm -hmm. small world you were living in for first part of your life Yeah. yeah that i appreciate i can always run back to yeah but i couldn't i couldn't stay anymore yeah, that's and, and I've talked about this so many times on here, um, mm-hmm. and and I'm not like a professional, and I, I lived in L.A. for two years, which is nothing, but like stepping out of the area you grew, I don't care where you grew up in, mm-hmm. stepping out of that uh, to somewhere different with different people and mm-hmm. different backgrounds and different nationalities and different ethnicities and different mm-hmm. cultures mm-hmm. Um, helps create a more rounded worldview and and i think you grow as a person more right because you you i think a lot of people think that they're 
even if they're not like arrogant about it, they mm-hmm. think that they're kind of like the center mm-hmm. uh, of their own world. And, and yes. In the grand scheme of things, like we ain't shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there's so much out there, and the big fish. Yeah. Even if you never leave this country, like mm-hmm. you still, there's so much that you won't experience because you're just in this country. Yes. Um, and I say that naively too, because I haven't mm-hmm. left this country. I think I went to Canada when I was 19. Once mm-hmm. that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. It's uh yeah it's it's so important and it's crazy that you I mean you did that and you're still there. So Yeah, I've never I haven't I haven't left but Canada, yeah. 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 So tell me about living in London. You get there. Oh, yeah. Do you do you have any plan at all what no. you want to do or anything? No, I have no plan, <laughs> but I had and I was like I'm not going to I'm not going to fail though. Yeah. I have no plan, but I'm not going to go back home and like was I, this is going to work. Um, was there a level of pride there too that was just like, oh, I told people I was coming here, like I can't, I know, can't go home. What's weird though is I don't even know if I told that many people where I was going. It yeah. all just like kind of happened. I, so it wasn't like I've got to prove to other people, but I just knew that I'm, I knew that this is going to be okay, right? Yeah. And because after I kept saying I'm going to California, I'm going to San Diego, but then something kept bringing back up England to the point where I started blurting it out to people, like thinking I might go to Eng- England. This doesn't even really make sense, but I think I'm going to go to England. So finally, it was so, I was like, I'm going. Um, London, like I said, it blew blew my mind. And I had this um, address on a scrap piece of paper. I mean, that's how I was rolling. And I meet my friend that I had met on the bus at his work. And he comes out and he's in a suit. And I'm like, wow, like to see these guys my age in these business suits. I mean, it was impressive. And, you know, yeah. and he's like, you want to go for drinks? I'm like, okay. So there I am with him out for these fancy drinks in London. I'm like wearing my, I don't know, you know, out. And, uh, and I went, wait a second. Like, where's all the women? And I'm looking around and it's like for every like 15 men, there's one woman. Oh. And at 25 or 12 year old I was, I was like, ooh, okay. And I was really aware of that like early yeah. on. Um, I was did some traveling around London, and I saw a teacher leading her students across a bridge, and that's when I went, "Oh wait, wait, hold on! I have a teaching degree. I like I could be a teacher here." You know? Like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get a job there? Like, I guess how does that work? You know, like if you come to America, you have to get visas or whatever that looks like. How does that work over there? I stayed in Chicago at my sister's before, like in, for a couple of weeks before I did my move. Yeah. And I somehow got this contact uh, of a recruiter, Hermani, who was Australian but living in London. And she was like, if you send me a million documents, I mean a million stamps, all this stuff you got to do. I had to do it in Chicago. So I'm downtown Chicago sorting all this out. She goes, send it to me and I'll, I'll get you some interviews. She was the ticket. She got me eight interviews. I had seven offers out of eight. So you had somewhat of a plan going there that you wanted to get a teaching job so you could stay there. You no, know, no. I think I went to England first and had all, and then I went to Chicago okay. and got all the documents and then came back. Gotcha. Yeah. So there was a back and forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't yeah. know how that works with how long you're allowed to stay and what that looks like. And... So I, I didn't know. I went for the interviews, like just blindly enthusiastic, yeah. you know, like, hi, I have a teacher. And I, 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 my last interview was in a pocket, it's called Peckham and it's the inner city London. It's not the roughest area in London anymore because it's the people our age have moved in and done their flats and it's all changed. But it was when I was there and still people would still say from shows are like, oh yeah, Peckham's, Peckham's rough. That was my last interview. As I was leaving the interview, I stood at the front of the school and I went, this is going to change my life. This is going to be the hardest thing 
the hardest teaching job I could possibly take. I'm, I'm going to be in the deep end. And I took it. Um, Were you right? <laughs> yeah. Yes and no. Yes and no. Um, the kids found it amusing. They thought Britney Spears had just landed in their classroom. Uh, I was one of the only white. Blonde American yeah. girl? Yeah. Yeah. So now, when we grew up in a town where we're all white, there's very few, but the roles are flipped. I'm in minor school, and they're all going like, oh, my goodness, the crew's arrived, right? She's yeah. the only white lady that, like, where'd you come from? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I got my teaching job. How long are you there, and what's your living situation? What's your social life like <laughs> while you're teaching? So, Kieran, my friend, I'm on the bus, had a flat in London um, near Canary Wharf. So, it's like, the it's East London. Okay. East London has its all. Jack the Ripper, that's all. It's, and not Love the it. Sa- not the safest place, <laughs> yeah. but I didn't know. You only know, what, like, I, I kind of didn't, I kind of, now I understand it's not very safe, where we were living. So, there's there's a bunch of us, and it's all guys, I think, I want to say. When I first moved in, it was all guys and me. We, we were kind of like friends though yeah. we didn't there was no nobody ever hooked up with each other what is that like though <laughs> uh, living like you had an older sister and mm-hmm. I, I assume you lived with women when you were yeah. in college yeah so what is it like living with a bunch oh, of guys so in much a foreign more straightforward country? so much more straightforward <laughs> it's awesome just like not passive aggressive is, yeah. that, is that what that means no our week was like <laughs> do you, and then friday night comes Woo, we're like text where we're meeting and we were out in that city like yeah. partying and yeah it's a good way to spend your 20s. Oh, it was. It was. I was in the right place at the right time. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and they're still my friends today. We're still, we're all like raising kids and doing all that. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How old are you when you meet your husband? 27. Oh, wow. Not, the long, not long after you get there, though. A couple of years? I was on my own for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you guys. It is sober October. Who's excited about that? I am. I am because I don't drink. What I do drink is really awesome, high quality craft beer in the non-alcoholic realm. And it's amazing what is out there and it keeps getting better and better. This year there is Oktoberfest beers available from multiple breweries. The market in in non-alcoholic beer is growing exponentially. And one that sticks out to me that I want to mention for this episode is Bravis Brewing Company. They're out of California. They are one of the people that have Oktoberfest uh, this season, as well as all their flagship beers, IPA, Amber, Oatmeal Stout. Ooh, Christmas is coming. They have a barrel-aged maple stout. Mmm, it's very expensive, (laughs) but it's very tasty. So check them out at bravas.com, and you can use code FRIENDREQUEST to save 10%. So jump on the bandwagon with Sober October and try out some really awesome non-alcoholic craft beer at bravas.com and use code friend request all right back to the episode tell me about meeting your husband my husband (laughs) my husband i was really struggling because i have a lung condition that i've had since birth when we were in school i had air coming out of only one lung but not the other but i didn't know until i was 18 and they investigated i had the procedure i get to london and i'm like i never thought about like i need a doctor there yeah. So my lung starts closing and I'm like, shoot, I can't breathe anymore. So my work is like, all right, we know we can see that you can't breathe. Go to the doctors, get them to write you off for a couple of weeks. So there I am not working. It's Christmas time, but I had booked tickets to Paris. And it was one of those things where you're like, I should be home because I was in bed. I barely like got downstairs to eat toast. Yeah. But I was like, I think I'm going to go to Paris. And I did. I got my body on the you know, train and I went there. And I stayed with a friend in her amazing flat in Paris. And I remember walking around Paris and my body was just like feeling me. I felt like a grandma. But there I am walking around Paris trying to enjoy like a bit of it. 
and I'm out with my girlfriend, Holly, who's now married to Kieran from the bus. And an older man walked up to us and he looked about 80, like if I had to guess. And she and I rehashed this story a lot. I'm like, do you remember he had really sparkly eyes? And she's like, yeah. And he said to me, you're going to meet somebody very soon and they're going to change your life. And I go, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, old man. Yeah. And it's midnight. And we're all, I'm like, and he goes, he leaves. And this was in English, I'm assuming? Yes. Do you speak another language? No, I don't. Okay. No. Which that's actually really weird to think about. Yeah. So he's French and must know. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Even weirder piece of it. Yeah. Um, So I go back, I I leave Paris and I go back home and I'm back in my bed. And my friend Bushra texts me and she's like, our mutual friends are having, they're twin guys and they're having a birthday party. She's like, let's go. And I'm like, I honestly don't even know if I should go out. She goes, come over to my flat. Just come over. <clears throat> I get over there and I have like a grandma turtleneck up to here because I don't feel well. Yeah. She rips the turtleneck off of me and we still laugh. I go, do you remember you ripped it? Like you ripped my shirt. And she puts me in a silver sparkly dress. And I had not been eating that much because I didn't, I felt so unwell. Yeah. But she slaps makeup on my face and I actually like look back and I think I looked pretty. Okay. <laughs> So there we are at this birthday party and somebody says to me, you know, the the birthday guys put 3,000 pounds behind the bar. So like drink up because, you know, and so I got my two drinks, maybe three drinks and I'm standing there and I look across the room and I see this hair and this hair is like sticking up and it's like pointy and I start walking towards the hair and I get closer to this person with his hair and I see his face and I stop. And there's another friend that walks up and kind of like in the weirdest way, kind of like introduces the three of us. And what I don't know is that one of my exes is there and that my husband asked him, like, who's that woman across the room? And my ex goes, yeah, if you want to have a little bit of fun, go for her. Right? Quite a reputation. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Um, Which we laugh about. And so my husband and I start talking and it's very, there's no flirting. It's just very back and forth conversation. Yeah. There's no, it's not. And I, he's, I work at King's Hospital, which is down the road from my school. It's in that pocket of London. He's like, that's where I work. Oh, I work in Peckham. And then the conversation kind of flows from there. And I'm feeling like a lot of things I can't even, like, I can't even like, like deal with, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I take myself into another room of the pub. And this guy that I had used to know from years back sees me and he's like, there's Kerrigan. Like, so my husband then decides he's going to kind of follow and go into the next room where I am. And it's this perfect, like this other guy is trying to hit on me and my husband sees it. And I swear that actually made me like more appealing, right? To my husband. Um, My husband somehow gets me out into the outside where it's snowing and he kisses me. And I couldn't like even, it's like it was too much to even like, you meeting your soulmate. Yeah, yeah. Um, he puts me on a bus and I go home and he texts me the next morning. is like, hi, Miss Cantrell. When are we going for nachos? Obviously. Yeah. Got to get them nachos. <laughs> yeah. What a uh, side mm-hmm. note. What is mm-hmm. your condition, your lung condition? My lung condition is when I was born at Beaumont Hospital, I was a preemie and super sick. I The doctor was like, we don't know if she's going to survive. So they went down to save my life. But when they did it, they think they tapped the side of my lung. So my body creates scar tissue to cover the airway. So I have it reopened a couple of times a year. Jeez, yeah, but when we were in high school, yeah, but when we were in high school, I didn't know. So I was like doing all that stuff on one lung. <laughs> all the cheerleading and everything. Yeah, all of it, one lung. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, so you you meet your husband. Mm-hmm. How long are you guys dating till you decide to get married? Um, we went our th- we didn't go on a date for a while because he was super busy. So three weeks later, we went on our first date, and at that time, I got an acceptance letter to DePaul University to go back to school to do counseling. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I get this letter saying like you're accepted. Yeah. yeah. On the third date, he's talking away at me, and I'm looking at him, and he's like, and I go in my head, I went, "You're never going." Where's DePaul? In Chicago. Oh. I had yeah. no plan of how I was going to pay for it. Or yeah, like yeah. The, I had no idea, but I got accepted. I was at that point ready to leave London. Okay. And I meet my husband. and But on the third day, I was like, I looked at him and I knew I was like, I'm never going. This is, um, and then we date, we didn't date for very long until he proposed. Like, I think it was like a, just over a year. Okay. We moved in together. He came to Florida to meet my, my mom. And at that trip, we were like, let's live together. Yeah. He proposed pretty, like, not that long after. Um, yeah, everything happened, like, really fast. So you guys get married. Mm-hmm. Um, you have two kids? I have three. Three kids. Yeah, you had your third <laughs> I one. I just yeah. sit there like, I met your third three, one. Right? was very tiny. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we have three, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's fast forward to uh-huh. that, being, uh-huh. a, being a mother. Yeah. <laughs> I never was like, I always knew I want a big love. Like, I want that, like, soul. Like, you just can't live without each other. Yeah. But I never gone, like, and the children. I never. Never not, thought about the kids? No. It's funny, as no. a teacher, too, you, that was never on your radar? Oh, once I was teaching, yeah. Okay. Once, yeah. Well, I mean, they laughed and said, Miss Control, like, you're leaving teaching. Like, they, they gave me, my kids gave me a going away gift of an apron. And they thought it was hilarious. Like, move, they thought she's moving on into the kitchen. And they're like, That's we're so happy funny. for you. Yeah. But when I met my husband, I was like, I want to have children with you. Like, let's do this. I want, yeah. Yeah. And I always thought growing up, I'm going to be like living in New York City, like this businesswoman. I'm going to be, and all of a sudden, like, me and my husband, I'm like, I just want to have like babies with you and I'll stop my job for a while. And it was like a whole, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Stay, I'm a stay at home mom now. Yeah. And to surrender and be like, actually, this is pretty cool. Like, I, that, at that time, this is what I should be doing. And then kind of threw myself into like being pregnant and all that stuff. Um, yeah, have my son. Yeah, two daughters. Mm-hmm. Full house. A full house. Yeah, yeah. How's how's being a mother? <laughs> other other than probably overwhelming, I imagine. Being a mother is so hard at first because, especially when you're working out who am I and who am I as a mother. Yeah. So it's a battle against yourself. Kind of separate your identities. Mm-hmm. It's a battle against yourself. Am I doing this right? Oh, I think that person just judged me. And then being able to pull yourself back, I think I still know what I'm, I still, I've got this right. Yeah. I've been a mother for eight years now. I love being a mother at eight years so much more than I do at that first year. Yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that it's, was just one kid. <laughs> yeah. It's so easy to fall into the criticisms of, of it, and you have to, it's a standing on your own two feet and fix like this. Yeah, is, I imagine yeah. there's, there's never, a circumstance more where you feel like everyone is judging yeah. what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Once you get over that and you get in your groove of a mother and I've caught myself with my kids on a video, yeah. like where somebody else was recording and I've seen it back. And when I saw it, that's when I went, that's what I look like as a mother. And when I saw it through my, I go, I look really like gentle. I look really attentive. I look really out. And when I saw that, I was like, I needed to see that. Yeah. That's the mother that, and with that though, I tell people the more you figure out, the the more you get into this motherhood where you're like you're a good mother, 
be ready for the criticism as well, though, because people see you with your children in those moments. You're doing it. You're flowing. You got them. You love. They see it all. Yeah. That brings up a lot of emotions in other people. So it's like stick to what you're doing. Just at the end of the day, everything is for what's best for your children that you believe is best for them. Yeah. And when you've got that, there's not, you have nothing to worry about. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, a uh, complete shift of the lens mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Being in another country, and I guess specifically too, England, mm-hmm. for over a decade. Yeah. What is, what is your view of America <laughs> and... Uh, like, and, and I don't mean this in like mm-hmm. a political way necessarily, because mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like to go down that road on the show. But mm-hmm. uh, just overall, I mean, culturally, yeah. uh, every everything, you yeah. know, there's, you want to say we speak the same language, so we're similar. Yeah, but we're not. Yeah. If you go to England, they're going to give you a lesson on, on manners. And being polite. I you oh, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Um, there's a difference of like the way my husband was raised and the way that my, he's raising my son that like my husband can cook, he can clean, he can sew, he can, he's like, and there's no like boys will be boys. Yeah. It's like step it up and do your stuff. And I love that side of like the culture. Um, but there's also this don't talk about it. Sweep it under the rug. Don't say it. Don't fuss. Don't shush. And if you do, it's like, whoa, she's being American. So when you're young and you move to another country, you want to fit in. Yeah. So you just kind of roll with it. You're like, just get your hand down. I mean, people want to know, what do you think about George Bush? What do you think? You know. And then we went through the Trump years. And yeah. I'm living in England. And people are looking at me like, are you doing this? You're doing this. Why are you all doing this? You're the one responsible for you're, this. Right. Yeah, right, you're right, the, right, you're right, the right. face of America. I mean, I walk down the street feeling like I might cry because, because the teachers are devastated at my kid's school. Yeah. So you're, but you're like, I'm not what's, I'm not politics. I'm not what, right? So there were a time when I was like, I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know what's going on in the country. That I, and I felt very like, well, I come home and I just like, I'm here. I'm seeing the people I love, but I got to go. Yeah. But now something has completely changed and lifted. I feel here where I'm like, actually, there's so much. I feel much more comfortable when I come home. And I'm like, I could see my family coming back this way. It's like I've done a full circle yeah. and we lived in Canada and Canada showed me that Canada is half England and half America. Yeah. It's like they'll How tell you- How long were you there? Two years. Okay. Yeah. They'll tell you everything there is to know about them, but then they're also have, uh, they're also kind of similar to things about- And they also say sorry a lot. And they say sorry a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it's such a product of our environment and I'm kind of like yeah. navigating this with my kids. Like you got to Like this is what you take the good of England. This is what you take- that's great about America. That's what you take. And yeah. then you like, don't forget to be yourself though. Yeah. And that landed, yeah. lands you in Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take us to Canada. Yeah. Um, so throughout all of this, there's mm-hmm. been this kind of underlying theme mm-hmm. of, uh, as you, as you tell your story, mm-hmm. um, New Zealand mm-hmm. and, and going to London mm-hmm. and, uh, of kind of like an intuition. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to segue that into the last, couple of years of your life and yeah. and what that looks like. Yeah. I my my mom was Lutheran. My mom's side of the family is Lutheran. I sat in a church in Troy growing up, didn't really feel any connection. I was more interested like, why is that lady singing so loud? Or like, what? <laughs> I did start to think like where where are they all going when they go? Yeah, I did I didn't feel that connection in a church. My dad's atheist. 
So I had both, and you were like, you can just believe what you want. Yeah. But growing up, I was, I was like, I'm, I side, I fall more with this thought of like atheist that I don't, did is, I don't know if there's anything else in afterlife. I don't need it. Yeah. Like it doesn't really matter to me if there's an afterlife or not. Just be a good person. But people say to me now, they're like, Carrie, you were always spiritual. Like we always saw you as kind of spiritual. I was like, really? Like, yeah, you would mention certain things or you would go like see a psychic or, you know, different things. So it was probably bits of that. But up till 26, 27, I was like, I'm fine with that. There's nothing else. And that's fine. Like, just leave it. I wasn't comfortable with talking about even saying words like blessings or angels or like, no, 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 that's not me. That lives over here. That's you. I don't. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I'm not, I'm not a spiritual person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, since starting the show, I question my own beliefs regularly. Okay. Uh, just cause, uh, you know, I've had, I've had some stuff happen in Mm -hmm. such a coincidental way where it's just Mm -hmm. like, Hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, but you know, at the same time, when it comes to like organized religion, I'm like, yeah. but hold on. Yes. <laughs> None of this though, it makes any sense. Yes. Uh, so I, I, can, I can relate at that level. Okay. I would, I would never say atheist for me. I don't think I ever mm-hmm. called myself an atheist. I, I'm mm-hmm. a, I guess if I had to label it, be agnostic, but. Okay. <laughs> we're just like, I don't okay. know. Yes. It might be something. Yes. There's definitely, I just think there's so much we don't know about mm-hmm. everything from the human mind Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. what's at the bottom of the ocean to what's out in space to like like we don't know yes we're dumb in the grand scheme of things so to assume that we know anything Mm -hmm. uh for sure for certain like putting things in words and saying like absolutely Mm -hmm. this is truth it's like Mm -hmm. that's crazy to me but my experience in the last couple years is not it is these are the things that have happened to us yeah to know and understand who I am for the people that love me, you have to understand and know what we have gone through. Yeah. So I don't say to them, now you have to be religious to believe in God or this is absolutely right. I'm saying, this is what flew in and blasted up my life. And I'm, and I'm still, we're still picking up the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you want to talk about, what you don't want to talk about, but I'm curious. Um, I think it's always been there. It's like you're ready. You're only ready. They only give you what you're ready for. You're only going to see what you're ready to see. So that man in on Paris on the street, I then had another experience where a man came on the bus and I, as soon as the man stepped on the busy bus, I'm at the back of the bus after a long day of work. And I went, please don't come talk to me. And he comes down through all the aisles, all the way to the back. And I finally look up like, fine. And he says to me, you're going to have a wonderful life. And his eyes That's are good. moving in, in, in that same way. And he steps off the bus. Before I can, like, cl- I'm tired. Before I can even put, I go, oh, okay, thank you. Like, thank, thank you. I get off at the next stop, which is a couple seconds after. And I look down the, the, the long sidewalk and, I, and he's, I don't see him. So that's a story. Yeah. I go home and I go, yeah, oh, this just happened. That's a story. Yeah. He, my husband and I then decide, we hear from people that they put the Irish census online. And you can get the address of your ancestors. Oh, so cool. I find it. And I say to my husband, this is when we were um, engaged. Let's go to Ireland. And I tease him, we're going fi- to meet my family. There's no living relatives that we know of. So there we go up to Donegal. It's called Kilmacrennan. It's where my great-grandfather lived on this farm. And we're circling this town. There's nobody there. There's nothing happening there. And my husband goes like, I'm like, should we just go? Like, And he stops the car. And my husband's not a very like direct, but he goes, 
there's a line of houses and he says go to that door and I'm like okay fine well we come all this way like okay fine and I go up to the door and I knock and this older woman answers the door she's got curlers in her hair she's looking at me and I said hi I'm Kara Cantrell my great-grandfather lived here 100 years ago she says what's his name I said Samuel Beale she says ah the Beale family and she shakes her head and she says dear come in so there my husband and I are in her kitchen and she has documents and she has pictures and she has land deeds and she's telling me stories about my family that lived there a hundred years ago. In their, so is in, your family in America like only two, three generations? Mm-hmm. Well, that side came from Ireland. That's yeah. crazy. So we're having this lunch and it's all just a bit like my husband and I are looking at each other and she's like, I can't believe a doctor and a teacher have come to London to see me today. She says, my husband died of cancer and we're like listening to her and it's, you know, it's we're getting into like, and she says... And I tease my husband before we, uh, we're going to get invited in by my family for tea and crumpets. She says, I haven't baked since my husband died X amount of years ago. She said, but I may, I woke up this morning and something made me make the scones. Would you like some scones? And so we, and she shows me the lamb he lives on. So this is a story, right? We come back yeah. to London, we're like, well, we got a weird story. My life then goes into lots of stories. Yeah. Um, Psychics coming us across the street over to me and saying, I, can I read for you, please? And saying, you don't need to pay me. Can I just read for you? And me sitting down with these random people and them telling me back my life. These are the years you're going to get married. Me shaking my head going, oh, yeah, the years. I got married when I was 29 and we got married in America when I was 30. Um, telling me pieces of things that just and, – and I'm going, thank you. But not being able to – see that they're seeing me and going girl you can do everything that we do and me not understanding that so i'm taking everything as these are just stories in our life and my husband doing the same he's atheist doctor scientist yeah right um until we went to canada and that this spiritual journey and and one of the psychists said to me you're at 20 you're going to be super spiritual one day and i scratched it down in a piece of paper and went yeah whatever i didn't even google it to see what that meant because when you grow up where you, this isn't yeah. spiritual journeys, like what? I ignored it because I was like, he's full of. We get to Canada and Canada was tough because I'm living in different houses with three kids and my husband. And he's a fellow and it's like money wise. And it was like, it was a lot happening. But we're in this cool place of Canada. And my friend goes, well, go see Kim, the neighbor. And I'm like, Kim? Okay. I find myself the last week of October in Canada, going to this woman's house, and I walk up these stairs, and if you had to make a movie set of a psychic's apartment, she's got it. <laughs> There's the crystals and the is that smoke. Hi, nice to meet you. And I sit down in the chair. Before I can sit down in the chair, she goes, you were on the Mayflower. And I go, oh, she's drinking the Kool-Aid. She's batshit crazy. Great. I can't believe my friend sent me to you. And I sit down, and then she like gets into it, and she goes, okay, there's a woman here. She likes gardening. She likes this. She likes that. She's listening off. She likes cooking. And she says, she's don't get her daughter lipstick. Do something with her. And I went, my Aunt Kathy, she died. And I not just hearing this psychic can tell me about my aunt in spirit. I then know the point of energy in the room that my aunt is, where she is. Occupying. And the three of us are communicating in a triangle. I walked on the stairs of the apartment. It also says, you're gone. You're back to England. Your husband already got the job. And I leave this apartment going, shit, I just saw what I saw and I felt what I saw. And I was, I wasn't, I didn't go see a psychic. You're shook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I get home and I say to my husband, 
he's like, I'm like, Jack, are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? He's like, sorry, they just posted, he goes, they just posted the job in England. I was like, that's what I'm about to tell you about. He's like, it's a Saturday. I said, you already got the job. She just told me you already got the job. Somewhere in his soul, I believe in that moment he went, I, I did get the job. We were still, though, just living in stories. We're still like, this is all just stories. I don't know about that, Kim Lady. Like, she, you know. Yeah. Um, People are kooky. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. That's when, and I won't go into detail because it's the, but the bad family, I call them. That's when the family came, came into our life. And this is a family that came in to, to take us down, to take my family down, to take this, like, to, just, to break us up. Yeah. to take this love that they saw that my family has. And that's when we had no idea what to do and how to navigate that. I didn't know it was possible. I didn't know that there's actually bad, bad people out there. And so while my husband and I are trying to piece this together, of like what the hell is happening, it's all through, a lot of it's through energy. Some of it's through actual, like happening in real life, real yeah. Texas. And that's when the spirit world, <laughs> I say like flipping, flew in. They flew in. I'm talking teachers, um, spiritual teachers in England, in America. Yeah. Come to us and say, we're here. We understand what you're going through. We can see it. We're here to help guide you. A mother at my child's school who knew nothing about what was going on in our life, but comes and says, I see it all, and I'm here to help you. Um, the woman who lived in my house while I was in Canada, spiritual teacher, swoops in at that time to help us as well. In the spirit world comes in of animals so now you have you identified these people as spiritual teachers or is they did they identify themselves that way they came into my life me thinking that this is just a friend or this is just the lady that lived in our house yeah. now i understand that their journey of their life okay. has been they've been psychic since they're 13 or they are a spiritual healer gotcha. they just happened to live in my house while i was in canada and became yeah. my friend they just yeah. happened to be my best my son's best friend's mother they just happened to be right yeah Along with that, though, is the spirit world. So we had, when we're going through this and journeying what to do about this crazy family that wants to, like, destroy us, my curtains in our bedroom at our house are raining down ladybugs. Raining down. I mean thousands. And it's a, it's a you first go, oh, my house has been infested by ladybugs. Like, I got to take care of this. And the hair on my head starts moving around. And I go, I have lice. Oh, my gosh, I got lice for my daughter's school. My, I got to have my husband help me with this. Those are the beginnings of a spiritual and an awakening. It is painful. I wouldn't call it scary, but when you're, because they only give you what you can handle. Some yeah. people are like, were you scared? I'm like, we weren't, yeah, 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 a little bit because of. Saw a bunch of ladybugs, I'd be scared. Yeah. <laughs> so your brain tries to go, it's just, it isn't what I'm seeing. And it was, uh, and then my husband was, was, we were on the journey together and my kids. My kids were, were in this as well. Um, things like I was blasted by energy. I didn't know that could happen onto my arm. It mm -hmm. man, it comes, it's a bubbly and it's lines. It may happen to my son too, because my son is half of, he's my, he's half of me and half my husband. Yeah. And so he was blasted by this energy. And that's, it, it, it's things that are bigger. It's bigger than us. And the, the surrendering to it is painful because everything that you thought you knew about this life isn't is no longer shatters your worldview mm -hmm. yeah. and everything you thought isn't possible is now happening in your life so how long does it take you to come to terms with that 
it was a month of showing us uh, us. It was a month of like each day something major happened that is linked with like a lesson that we needed to understand. My husband is a doctor with children who have cancer, so he takes families on a journey when they it's a tough job. Yeah. So I believe that he was on the journey with me so that because it's his own work that he does as well but I also believe that they were willing to go we're going to blast up your life we're going to shake things up so that you finally like but we're going to bring him too so that this isn't like a Tuesday night where I'm going like I think my husband thinks I'm crazy but the Tuesday night is like Jack you saw that too didn't you and he'll go yes and I was like you were there when he goes yes I go can you because he's a scientist he's a doctor I go can you put it into words he says no Kara but I'm grateful that he was there when it all happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like, like, great, like that, that, yeah. yeah. So you're not alone in that mm-hmm. moment. Like, uh, I'm going, yeah. I'm going nuts. Yeah. So we <laughs> yeah. were seeing things and experiencing things that I didn't know were possible. I had friends come and they said, you know, Kira, this is, it's a glass ceiling shatters and all the pieces fall down around you. This is a journey for yourself. You now have to pick up the pieces and figure and discover who you are. Um, and it's painful, and at the same time, it is the not, oh my gosh, I have to go to church and like find God and take my children there and like, no, it's a it's it's bigger than anything I ever knew possible, and it's brutal and it's beautiful. Did you ever think? I want this question to seem stupid, but <laughs> did you ever think like at the beginning? Like, I don't know, your house is haunted or anything like, like, did you go down the haunted road at all? The spirits, when the, when it opened and like the veil dropped, I call it like the veil drops to the, yeah. to the world of the other side. And when my daughter, their third daughter was born, I think that also happened in the delivery room. Like they just let, like the veil just completely hit. So then I was like, oh, I'm in the NICU with my daughter and my grandma's there in spirit. And I know it. They've given me what to build me up to that point. They're yeah. like, so that you're not going to totally freak out. Um, but then I'm back in my old house and our house was built in 1906. And so there I am, I'm going, ah, all the soldiers of the world wars want to talk to me now. Cause I'm open. Yeah. So me, I was open without knowing that I was open and my husband's sitting next to me and then going, I didn't know that I could close. I come back to Clarkston and there's spirits who have families here in pain and they're like, she's open. And I went through that. They came and I, and one lowered herself, her, her spirit over the top of me and was like go to my family now and I did and it changed my life when a angel spirit lowers itself down over you and says go to my family to lift their pain and you do that you're not the same person two years ago I wasn't ready to come sit down and talk to you about this because I wasn't I was still navigating I've had two years I know who I am now so I can sit and say this batshit crazy stuff (laughs) I can do it because I understand that it happened to me and I'm no different than any other person. My children and my family and my husband are no different than anybody else. So we understand that the awakening and the breakdown can happen at any moment. Yeah. Any what, moment. I'm, when you say angel, mm-hmm. where, where, what context do you use that word? So I used to not use words like angel and blessing and I'm this because I'm like, I don't like, like that just makes me feel like, I don't like those people who th- throw around those words. Yeah. When I was in the living room, Going through this November of this journey of like, we're blasting. I was sitting on the couch with my daughter at noon on a regular day. And a vibration came across the room. 
and and came across my living room and gave me a hug. So it's like a, if I start, if it's like a vibration. Yeah. It's like it's vibrating all around you, and you know that it's an angel. And when I started to be able to connect with the other side, my arms started shaking. It's like their energy is matching with yours. Yeah. Um, and so. The other thing with that is people said, there's spirit guides. Like Kim had told me, oh, your spirit guides are here. I'm like, what the hell is that? It's hard to be 30-some years old and go, what the hell is a spirit guide? Where some people in this world do know because they, they that's their upbringing, right? They're at least yeah. given the, the words. And so they're like, a spirit guide is five to seven people, uh, sorry, souls on the other side that are paired with us in our life to help guide us. Some come and go and some are there from the day you're born. I go, okay. And I lived in a space though where my anxiety was super high for a lot of years because I think I was trying to, like, this is all around me, but I can't make sense of it. Yeah. And I don't really want anything to do with. I'm never going to be there with Susie at the church. Like, it's not going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. So, but once the veil dropped, I went, oh, they, like, I get it, yes. And I have very little anxiety or fears today. If I didn't have my husband, though, if I didn't, if he hadn't seen what I've seen, I would, I would be struggling more. Yeah. The fact that I have him with me, like, we're doing this together, and it changed our relationship as well. Yeah. Because when you go through something like that together, that big love that I always like, that, like, soulmate, like, it was heightened. I'm sure. We just went through that together. Yeah. Um, and it was a real fighting for, like, your my children, the love that we have, all that. We had to, like, do it together. Yeah. Um, you don't have to question yourself as much. Right. But it's like when you see it and you see, then it's like, I'm going to share that because when that happens to somebody else, yeah. I think it's helpful to know, like, it's all possible. When my kids say to me, like, Mom, is Santa Claus real? I'm like, I don't actually believe Santa Claus is real. But, like, I've seen ladybugs that are magic. So, like, guys, I don't know. Like, yeah, see, you know, believe what you want. Yeah. I don't think I was ever meant to just see all this and not talk about it. But at the same time, the journey is for myself and it's for my family. So what are you doing with that that gift now? Uh, I read for people. I do readings. Yeah. I'm not as straight out, like, get the tarot cards out and the crystals. Um, so I read for people. I use cards a bit, but I also just go on the flat, the communication between the guides, the spirits, the loved ones, past and angels. Yeah. And what I love lately is I've had, you know, you, you get, I don't care what anybody thinks clearly I'm here today, but people <laughs> will go, your sister communicates with angels and they're the people, some of them are, I grew up with, they've sat in the church every Sunday. They've yeah. sat in the church every Sunday. And they're going, I, I think she's getting herself into something. She, it's, it's witchcraft. And I'm going, there was a moment where I went, maybe it's time for them to consider why they're not working with angels. Yeah. You it's, understand? It's funny. Um, people of some beliefs question people of other beliefs. Yes. Um, that's And that's, I mean, full circle back to when we started talking about this. And that's just like, yeah, that mm -hmm. might... That's where my view on religion is like, mm -hmm. you guys. Mm -hmm. You can, <laughs> um, My opinion is that you can sit at church every single Sunday for the rest of your life. But when I communicate, they give me. So I did a reading the other day and they're like, John C. Riley, John C. Riley, John C. Riley. I finally go, he's in the movie with Jennifer Aniston. I loved that movie. I, I still haven't looked up the title. I was like, I know which one they're talking about. Yeah. It's where Jennifer Aniston lives in her house and she's miserable. She hates her house. She hates everything about her life. It's so boring. And she works at the checkout counter at a store and she does makeup. Is this an old movie? Yeah. 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 I think I know what you're talking about. And so I go to the, I'm reading for the woman. I go, oh, 
you hate your life. You're miserable. You don't want you hate your house. You don't want to go inside. And she goes, yeah, I sit in the driveway. I hate it so much. So they, the spirits know what we, our connotations, they know the way we think and what will, so that we can, so that I can link it and, and pass their messages to yeah. them. But with that, I've learned if they know the way all my memories and all my thoughts and the way that I think, they also know who I am and they know my heart. Yeah. In 150 years, I believe that what we're talking about today will just be so much more common knowledge. It won't be, are you psychic? Are you? It'll just be like, this is how the abilities that we've always had. Yeah. Because when I read, my forehead starts to hurt in the front. My hair starts to move around on my head. And the energy of their vibration links with mine and I feel it through my, through my arms. So my body is no different than anybody else's. Yeah. Where we got cut off from this, I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, can I shift completely yeah. different direction? Yes. Uh, so literally completely different direction. Go for it. I, uh, I just finished a summer series on the show with, mm -hmm. with small business owners and entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. You are of that category. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, where, I guess the, the question would be, where did you get into that? And mm -hmm. then how have you been successful with that? Like mm -hmm. what, cause that seems like a mm -hmm. chunk of your, of your life now. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So lockdown came and I'm this stay at home mom and I'm realizing like really quickly, like, whoa, I'm in the house. We're yeah. not going anywhere. I'm stay home mom. Yeah. Lockdown's happening. Like you're locked down, right? You're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, I have a friend named Chris and he lives in Clarkston. He, um, uh, works with the football team. So you might remember him from school. And he has, uh, he's a person with cerebral palsy. Okay. So we were friends back in high school when I was on the, doing cheerleading, we chat quick on the track. Um, a couple of years ago, he reached out to me and was like, will you come to my birthday party? And he asked me like a hundred times. And I was like, yeah, I'll come to your birthday party. But I also felt like kind of like, this is a big, like, I need to go. And it felt kind of bigger. Like, I'm like, it's not even just go to the birthday party. But I was having that feeling. I show up at the birthday party. I hadn't seen him in like, oh my gosh. 20 years more long, like I can't even calculate but sit down next to him and he's like super happy that I'm there and we have this nice lunch and there's a woman across from me at the table and her husband and I'm chatting with her and I'm like she's just really cool she's got five kids at the time I'm like she's just really cool I leave the lunch and I ask somebody like who is that page woman and they're like oh she's a superstar she's got tons of kids she just she's like awesome lady mom everything go back to England lockdown comes and I was recovering from a miscarriage. Jeez, I'm sorry. And thank you. And I reach out to her on Instagram because I kind of followed her from afar. Like when you know you kind of admire somebody and you're like you just follow their page because they're like yeah. they just uh, yeah. And I reached out to her and was like, hey, I have a question about faith and I think you have the answer. Is that okay? Like I knew enough that it was going to be okay. And I said, I've just um, had a no, I hadn't had the miscarriage. Hadn't had it. I was like, I'm pregnant, and I just don't think that this is going to go the way that I'm hoping. And she said, my life is my faith. And I said, thank you. That's all I needed. Now, I still had the miscarriage. But after the miscarriage, my body is, like, trying to recover, and I'm in that weird, you know, like, it's just a, you're, you're recovering. She pops back in and goes, hey, I'm doing this thing. And she sends me this video for this Monate this hair care, skincare that she sells. And I didn't even watch half the video. I was like, yeah, cool. Okay, fine. Like, cool. Get in the shower, get out of the shower. And I hear say yes. Now my aunt Kathy was, came to me and was like, honey, if you try to get pregnant, it's not gonna, like, 
it's not going to be a baby. I, I had the guidance, but I ignored it because I'm a human. And I'm like, well, whatever. Like, thanks. Yeah. Um, had the miscarriage. The same voice is guiding and saying, I don't think this is Bonnie, like my main guy, but it was my aunt. And she's saying, say yes. I grab my phone. I'm not even dressed. I'm in the upstairs of my house a year and plus ago. And I go, hi, Paige, this is Kara. Um, so, okay, so yes, I'm going to do it. Now in my business, it's not when I talk to people like, maybe you want to do this. I, I don't just go like, I have to go into it going, not everybody's care. Not everyone's going to go, oh, I have yeah. felt, right? So yeah. it's a different, as far as my team, it's different. But in that moment, yeah, that's how I got into it. Didn't know. I knew the products were plant-based. I knew they were good. I'd yeah. seen results. But I, just and I knew nothing else. How have you been successful at it? How have I been successful? When you first start, so this is, they tied into like social selling, MLM, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. How you're successful is when you first start, you think, oh my gosh, I like have to message everybody and you like make all these mistakes and you're just a disaster and you're just like super annoying. People do it. I go, oh, honey, you just started. You did, you, did, you sent me the cold message. Like I, I got, I like, you know, pat you on that. I get it. Once you get past that and you like stop, you get over yourself yeah. and you start, people start going like, I'll try it. And then they become a customer and then they like, this works. And then they tell their auntie who tells their grandma says that you get this like string of customers. You then go through a journey of getting over yourself that am I pretty enough? Am I good enough? Do I have the best hair enough? All that stuff. It's a journey. It takes you. You have to. Can I go live? Can I hear my own voice? All those things. So you're I mean, not selling. I can do all of those things. <laughs> yes. You're not selling shampoo. You are selling shampoo. But they're yeah. literally taking you through. It's a whole. I am up linked with it because it's it's helping me grow as a person. Yeah. Right. Um, so recently, I believe if everything you do is linked with getting lost and helping other people, whether that's I help them grow back their hair, I help them look in that mirror and go like, I feel pretty, I feel confident, I feel happy. Um, and helping other women, I can be here right now because of the business and I, and I, and financial, I can be wherever I want to be. So I buy into that. I absolutely believe it. Like there's awesome. no boss, all that. Mm -hmm. To be successful though, I think you have to, um, it has to be linked with with helping people and then giving back. And that's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. Well, I mean, congrats. I mean, if, Thank you. If, if online is any <laughs> measure, I mean, it seems yeah. like you're doing really well there. Thank you. With that, you have to block out the negative. As far as working and through social media, yeah. you really have to take responsibility of not letting the negativity drag you down because it will kill you. So I just yeah. raise it and stay away from it. But yeah. Well, I think that I think that brings us present. Did I not talk about anything you wanted to talk about? You talked about everything. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, I don't want to add one thing because yeah. this has happened a lot this summer. Coming home, I realized there's a lot of people here in local that are having experiences and things happen to them. Like their grandma died and now their grandma's like in their in their bedroom. So I do say like I'm Get out, Grams. Yeah. God. Yeah. It's Saturday. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm absolutely here for anybody who's like, my life has gone batshit and I need to talk about it. Yeah. I'm like, nothing is too crazy. And that's what that's part of like coming here today is to be like, I am here because it's very painful when you but I also believe that the right people will come in your path to help you because that's yeah. happened to me as well. But if you have nobody local to be there, I'm all you. Anyone can reach out to me. I'm open yeah. book. Yeah. And you're super nice. Thanks. And you send these wonderful voice messages. Oh, and I that's love what it. I'm told. <laughs> thank you, Justin. Thank you so well, much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I'm going to take my headphones off. Me too. Thank you. We're glasses. When I have oh. lots in common, my request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend?
All right. You just listened to my interview with Kara. Um, that was fantastic and <laughs> really opened the, the floodgates the, towards, the, towards the end there and got a, really a full story. It was great. You know, I, I'd like to touch on one thing she said. I'd like to touch on a lot of things she said, but um, when she said she saw herself in a video, uh, you know, being a mom, and she was like, oh, I, you know, I like that. Per I like that mom. Like, I like that person. She like really fell into this role of acceptance in how she was a mother. And I think that's so important to point out because I think everybody I know that's a parent questions themselves as a parent. I think that's part of parenting, right? And uh, maybe use this as an example to, to give yourself some grace or set up cameras everywhere and record yourself parenting and then rewatch them. Maybe you want to make a change. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that could, that door could swing both ways. Right. But, uh, I thought that was a nice little profound thing she said. Uh, and, and then obviously, uh, how she found out that she's kind of a medium in the, in the ladybugs. And, uh, that story is, you know, much longer. Um, and it, it gets, it gets loopy and it's, it's crazy how all that worked out. So, I was so happy to have her here. She's now, I believe, back in England. And uh, I'm just uh, happy we got the opportunity to sit down and talk. And I'm happy that you guys are here as well. And I'm also happy that I have such great supporters like the people on my Patreon, um, like Dustin, like Michelle, patrons like Katie, Erica, Andrew, Ginny, oh my God, uh, Christina, the... You guys, thank you so much. If you want to be a patron, uh, please go to patreon.com slash friendrequestpod and support the show. It's like just over a dollar a month because this show does cost me money to make. And you guys are making up that on the back end. So I appreciate it. I appreciate all the patrons. And you can get exclusive content. Sometimes you get an episode early. Sometimes you find out that there's a new theme song before everybody else. Uh, and you always have the opportunity to uh, ask a previous guest a question, which is, I, that's my favorite one that is not used enough. <laughs> so please reach out and touch me, just like that old Depeche Mode song. I will talk to you guys later. Enjoy your week. I love you. <laughs>